This is PeerPath, a podcast devoted to bringing ambitious humans together, making connections and sharing stories about one's path in life. Our mission is to inspire, to educate and empower you through open dialogue and candid conversations with extraordinary individuals. Each week, you will hear from peers and leaders in their field. In this week's episode on PeerPath, I'm going to be chatting with James Asquith, who is the founder of Holiday Swap, an award-winning exchange platform, who also holds the world record for youngest male to visit all sovereign countries in the world. But before we get into this week's episode, I must share a message from our partner, William Wood Watches. William Wood Watches are a UK-based company that make luxury affordable with their original eye-catching watches designed with rich detail and an original story within every piece. Made from 100% upcycled UK fire service equipment used in the last 10 years and a melted down 1920s brass firefighting helmet, there is history in every watch. Carry the spirit of a hero on your wrist. William Wood Watches has been featured in the Times Sunday Magazine, Forbes, GQ and many others with five-star reviews on Trustpilot and the most welcoming customer care you will ever receive. Their Valiant collection is the most stunning watch you will find and to get one of these stunning watches, head over to williamwoodwatches.com and use code PEERPATH5 to get 5% off everything in the online store. So go get something special and go to williamwoodwatches.com and use code PEERPATH5 at checkout to get 5% off everything. A percentage of your purchase goes towards helping the firefighters charity that supports operational men and women in the fire service and their families in the UK and across the world. So go and get a piece of firefighting history, stand out from the crowd and own a simply stunning watch for yourself or as an amazing gift for someone you admire. Check out the watches at williamwoodwatches.com. Use code PEERPATH5, that's PEERPATH5 at checkout and get 5% off everything today. Now let's get into this week's episode. I hope you get a lot of value from my chat with James Asquith and I can't wait for you to listen. So let's get into it and remember, PEERPATH podcast is best listened to on the move as motion creates emotion. Hey, James. Hi, Jesse. How's it going? Yeah, really well, thank you. And, and thanks so much for joining us today. Um, could not be more excited to get into our chat. I think the Peer Path listeners will get a lot of value from this discussion. For our listeners this week, we have James Asquith joining us. James is the official Guinness World Record setter and holder for being the youngest male to visit all sovereign countries in the world. James has taken over 1,500 flights. He's a contributor to Forbes, where you can find in-depth reviews on the airline industry and which airline you should be booking first-class flights with. He's the author of the best-selling book, Breaking Borders. He has over 1 million followers on Instagram, is a champion for UNICEF in Yemen, and is the founder of Holiday Swap, an award-winning home exchange platform. Wow. So let's get into it. For <laughs> Thanks for the that, intro. That's, uh, that, that, that sounds awesome. Thanks for that, Jesse. Hey, it's your bio. So I'm, I'm just happy to have you on here and, and start picking some of that out, mate, to have a chat around. So for, for those that don't know you, tell us who you are, your age, if you're comfortable, and please share the vision for your life with us. Oh, that's, that's a lot of questions to start with. I guess 
who I am, you gave a great intro, so thanks for that. Um, I'm James, I'm, I'm 32 now. I actually feel younger than, than I've ever ever felt, weirdly enough. But uh, yeah, my, my vision for life, that's a good question, one I never really asked myself. Um, just trying to, honestly, it, it sounds a little bit cliche and corny, but just trying to wake up each day and, and, and make a, a positive difference, make things a little bit better. Um, I guess I've never really been too too motivated by by the making money side of things um got different and odd goals and some of them i don't even know myself so it's uh, it's always open to discussion and uh, and change but just trying to be trying to be a better person and making a making a positive impact i guess and more and more so we're seeing that as coming to the fore especially for founders and, and business owners that are you know of of our age group i'm i'm also just about to turn 32 and i think it's really important that our generation take this take this seriously and just making a, making an impact um, to feel like it's on us to do so right now. So totally agree with you there. Oh, let, let's start at the end, really. I guess um, starting something. You, so you're the founder of Holiday Swap, and that may come from your your interest in travels, but we'll find out. Um, you know, starting something generally comes from pain, obligation, or inspiration. Which one was it for you when starting Holiday Swap? certainly the inspiration to start with but i guess the, the pain side of things too so like i used to work in, in investment banking in uh, in london and it was something i wanted to do when i came out of university i, I loved it for, for parts of it but it's also incredibly toxic i met some absolute assholes i'm not sure how much i can swear on your podcast but uh, you know it's, it's uh it's it, it you know there were so many great people in it and there were there were a few people particularly at the top of that industry in finance and banking that would just do anything to make money. And it really kind of changed my view and thoughts on on money and, and seeing why people got motivated for, I guess, leaving a lot of their morals and, and respectability on, on the table. So, um, you know, it, it kind of got to a point where I wanted to do something else. And and I guess by the time I got the, the world record for, for going to every country, I, I always wanted to have something and create a company and travel. But Jenny, I, I never had the idea and I spend most of my time in, in the States now where it, there's kind of this serial entrepreneurism out there and uh, and everyone wants to start up and everyone wants to be their own boss. But uh, honestly speaking, 98 percent of, of startups and, and businesses do fail. And, um, and, and a lot of people, I feel, do it for the wrong reasons. And I feel like if I'd have done it straight after and I had a lot of people turning around saying, hey, you've got this world record, you know, leverage off it essentially and and create a, something in travel i just didn't have the idea and i i was sat there flip-flopping through oh you know like a i don't know like a concierge travel booking agency because i've got this experience in it and it just seemed boring and it just seemed like another kind of inefficient part of the market it's like a broker part of the market right oh pay me some money and i'll do this for you mm. um so the idea never really came to me and then holiday swap kind of came around as uh, a lot of people if I got interviewed or just in general at the pub or something would say how do we travel so much I'd love to travel more so many people want to do it because it's inspiring and it genuinely was the best education I had was was hitting the road and you know learning about myself and learning about different cultures religions people and it got to a point where I'd keep answering the same question which was how do you travel so much and i thought well look you know create something that allows people to save on travel and, and, and travel more so we created a home home sharing home swapping platform which is is holiday swap and it it basically takes out the biggest cost of travel which is the accommodation and look the path for the first couple of years was really damn difficult um it's it's not an easy concept because it works on supply and demand 
evenly. It's not a case of you could start with, say, 10 houses like an Airbnb in California and say, hey, pay us this much money. And you just grow and grow and grow because you work on traditional. Here's my house. Give me money. Stay job done. It really was a case of, you know, if you go and search for Bali and we had nothing in Bali, but loads of places in Spain, you're going to think, holy swaps, rubbish, move on with my life, delete mm. the platform. So we just had to sit there and grow and grow and grow. And it's it really difficult um, to start with. But I guess the perseverance was the main thing and, uh, and, and didn't give up with, with doing that. So, you know, now we're, we're in a pretty good spot. Uh, you know, we got half a million, over half a million users and we're in 180 countries. And we just want to keep, keep growing and offering people cheap alternatives, particularly last year and during COVID. Um, you know, we saw a lot of staycations and domestic travel and obviously things are moving so quickly in different parts of the world, but I'm pretty confident for, for late this summer um, for things to certainly start coming back. Although, you know, on a different topic, I certainly think that the way that people travel and we travel is going to change. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. What, what's your thoughts on, you know, that, you know, there's, there's a mass, massive group of people right now, part of the population that are just itching to get away They've been stuck in lockdown. They've followed the rules. They've not been out. And at the time when we open the gates again, say vaccines are in place and everyone's, you know, ready to go. When do you see that happening and what do you think will happen? I think that later this year we start to see it, but I don't see international travel recovering to what we saw uh, in 2019. I don't see that recovering personally until 2025 2026 and that's probably one of the most extreme estimates that i think anyone would say but that's my thoughts because i think that how we think about things changes people won't want to well there's a couple of things at play there firstly i think that people are still going to be scared for a while mask wearing isn't going to go away for, for years quite honestly um i do think that travel will be happening later this year now uh but uh, again i do see it later this year as well us getting to a point where unless you have a vaccine or a vaccine card, you're not getting on a plane, for example, similar to how if you don't have a PCR test now. I think that that will start as more people get vaccinated, becoming the norm. Um, so I think that people will start to travel a lot late summer this year um, or, or more. But I think it's going to be more regional, domestic. Uh, you know, if, if you look at the UK, for example, or Europe, if you're in the UK and you've got a summer holiday for, uh, you know, that you're looking to book, Going to France or going to Spain is a little bit like, meh, you know, that's cool. But, you know, particularly people that get on planes or travel a bit, it's not exotic anymore because it's become so easy. You've got low cost airlines. You've got, you know, it's easier to be able to get to Spain or get to France. You know, 25 years ago, that was a big holiday. Whereas now with low cost airlines and easy accessibility, Bali's interesting or, you know, South Africa's interesting or Brazil. But the problem you have is that there's so much less competition now in the aviation industry, and that's going to be the case for the next five, six years, that what we're going to see over the next year as things start coming back year to two years is flight prices will be going up. I don't think you're going to be seeing these phenomenal fares um, that you've seen or even before. You saw Norwegian Airlines just pulled out of the long haul market. They were great for competition on the low cost sector if you if you look at london to new york for example you could get 99 pound one-way flights on norwegian and that put pressure on the big carriers of british airways and american airlines to reduce their prices to compete with the low-cost airlines basically on long haul pulling out the market almost entirely globally uh, that their margins were just too low to be able to compete 
you're going to see prices creeping up for longer haul. So I think that, you know, again, because people had essentially what was a missed year last year, if you say to someone now, I'll go to Spain on holiday for two weeks in summer, most people will bite your hand off at it because that's amazing. You know, getting anywhere and getting out for most people right now, it is amazing. And, and Europe as well. So, you know, again, if you look at the US, you know, if they travel domestically or even to the Caribbean or Mexico, whatever, anyone would do that right now. Whereas a year ago, that was a little bit like, man, that's cool, but I can always do that. It's on my doorstep. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, regional travel will be the big push and big renaissance over the next couple of years. But the long haul international travel market, I think, really struggles for uh, for a while there. Yeah, the, the virtues of travel, which which we all took for granted, are now, you know, were taken away. And it's and that's a really insightful look at um, and, and, I, and I really like, you know, it's a passionate view as well. You know, you, you care about what's happening, it seems. Um, and, it, and I think your conservative effort is, is right. I think, you know, there seems there's numbers, you know, 22 and 23 that are, that are put out in the press. I think it's probably just to, you know, just to calm the minds of people that, that want to be booking travel in advance. And you're saying, you know, it's going to be no until 2025 and the costs are going to go up. So with holiday swap, it seems like there's a demand or there will be a demand in cost savings. If the, if the flight prices are going back up, how are we going to save on our accommodation? So you seem to be positioning yourself well there, but you mentioned it was tough at the start. Could you take us through some of the moments when, when you first started the business? You talked about having the idea where you've grown it to now, but how did it feel when you first got going and understanding, just as an aside, uh, I have a friend who, who created a Commable and it was a accessible accommodation that was acquired by airbnb and the hardest part for him was traveling like exactly like you shared to just to build the supply that seems to be the hardest part in the accommodation sector so so how was that at the start i mean it was borderline impossible to be honest at the start uh you know i remember sitting there looking at kind of our platform seeing the first pin pop up of a property in norway and I was like, wow, that's amazing. I felt like a little kid. Um, so uh, look, the honest thing is I, I had such an amount of massive passion for this and what I was doing that I knew and I still know now, even on hard days, that I'm just going to keep going and keep pushing through. Yeah, there's been some times where I just think, you know, screw this. And it doesn't last for more than a couple of minutes. I'm like, look, just get back on with it. Uh, and I think that, and again, that's where a lot of founders go wrong, is that when you get those really tough moments and everyone's going to have them, yeah. Um, you know, you've got to have that something else inside you that you are so passionate about it, um, that you're not just doing it for the money, uh, that you turn around and you say, right, what are we doing? How are we solving this? How are we going to make it better? Um, so yeah, I mean, at the start it was just, it was just consistent grind. If I look back then, it was just completely different things, small little, even like admin things, like getting something signed off almost seemed like a success. Um, in, in lots of ways now, they just seem like kind of day-to-day -day parts of the business, but, um, you know, it's amazing, I think, not just with business, but with anything. Um, we as humans, we tend to kind of lose sight of what we're doing in the progress. And if you get to a certain point in anything, um, something that might have amazed you at the start just seems kind of normal. I think it's always important in some aspects to look back and say, hey, like if you'd have said this to me, you know, a year, two years, three years ago, I'd have been like, wow, that's incredible. And that's great progress. And uh so I think it's always kind of important to to keep your feet grounded and remember what you've done and where you've where you've come from and anything. Totally agree. The amazing stuff becomes normalised as you start moving forward and working towards the, you know the bigger the bigger goals that you see. 
And with 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 the challenges that you're facing, what what do you do to make sure? And perhaps actually, if you could take a step back just then, in those moments when you do say screw it. So double question here: when you say screw it, what in that moment? You just, how what do you draw on, or what what do you say to yourself to then push back on where some people might just get off or have to go and do something, or or maybe just drop it entirely. And secondly, what do you do to make sure that you're going in the right direction every day? I mean, the first part is, you know, just again, kind of having that passion for it Um, and looking back and saying, you know, I guess this I've done so much. I've done so much with the foundations. We as a team have, you know, you're responsible to other people and people that use your platform, et cetera. um, That I just I don't see it as a choice. Um, And I never really did from the start. I don't see kind of the giving up side as a choice. Um, but, but then that does raise another important question in some aspects of life, right? You don't want to completely be that person that says, whatever happens, I'm never giving up because then, you know, sometimes you do continue with the wrong choice, the wrong decision. And you can overlay that in everything that could be relationships as well, right? You might think, Oh, but there's good times. Like this is worth salvaging. Um, I'm going into relationship advice now. Wow. I should really, <laughs> maybe I should branch out and have a <laughs> relationship <laughs> swap. <laughs> but uh you know look, I, I think it's it, it's just a case of yeah you, you you've got to kind of remember if you if you know where you want to get to you've just got to keep your head down and keep doing it and there really is and, and this is such an old age thing but there really is nothing to substitute for that perseverance and kind of never giving up and that's always the, the, the feature of quality when I see in someone that I'm always like most amazed about because we do tend to give up on things as, as, as humans. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, um, that that's it. And then remind me of the second question. I did have it in my head, but it's just uh, slipped. No worries. Yeah. Where, where you, what do you do to make sure you're going in the right direction every day? That's a, that's an interesting one. I, I think actually that was more, of an important thing at the start rather than kind of a a daily a daily thing i think if you set out like your goals and what you want to do where you want to be at the start i think that's kind of the the thing that you'll always draw on um in in tough times good times as well whatever because again you know i've seen it happen to people you hand them a little bit of, of, of power of influence of money whatever it is and they do a lot of people change with that i'd like to think hopefully and you know my friends say it as well that whatever happens and wherever I go, I'd, I'd still like to think I'm going to be the same person. And it's never been the money that's motivated me, as, as, as I said. If I wanted to, I could have sold this company last year and, and maybe sat on the beach the rest of my life. And it, it, it's a case of that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm, I genuinely want to impact people, make things better, make things more accessible. Uh, and, and, and at the moment, that's, that's in travel. It's, it's not really been about me going and checking and saying, oh, you know, how many zeros are in the bank account or how many nice cars have I got? Because quite frankly, uh, I think that conversation and any conversation about money gets boring after five minutes with everyone. If, if someone walks in a room and they say, hey, I've got all these houses and all these cars, I'm like, well, that's cool. Were you going to keep talking about it for the whole night? It's, it's just um, that's boring. And I think if anyone kind of looks at it, that is boring to most people now look don't get me wrong money is is great and we all want it to be able to have the the flexibility to do what we want to do and and that's a great means to be able to do it um but the sad thing is i see too many people that are motivated solely by money uh and particularly these days i sound like an old man these days it's not like the good old days you know i do see too many people that would do 
anything for money and we all see it like you know it could be people ripping you off with their you know bollocks forex courses or you know whatever it might be uh it's the, the internet's flooded with it yeah. so um you know I, I genuinely don't understand what the end game is because and, and again you know this sounds like an old man thing to say but we we go out the same way so i, I want to do something and what kind of keeps me motivated is actually trying to make a, a positive impact Making a positive impact, it, it, it makes sense. And for PeerPath and our listeners and the ambition of PeerPath is all about finding your path in life that, that's meaningful to you, that is something that you will, a road you will follow for your life. It is, is a path for your life and a, and a journey. And I think we all experience those moments, some more than others. And I think having come from an investment banking background as well, you, you meet lots of people that uh driven you know or, or chase the money and then when they have it all they've become super boring like you're saying or they lose they say they seem a bit like they've lost a bit of their soul and they need something to search for again because it wasn't they weren't led by their heart they were led by shiny things almost and some people that works for and you know and, and they move forward with life but you never really move anyone to do something amazing if you if you're if that's sort of the end goal so I, I can empathize with you there. Um, and it's really cool what you're doing, especially making just travel affordable because there's going to be more and more people in the world who, who want to travel around the world. And I think it's awesome. Where you're at on your journey now from start to finish, where would you say you are? I guess I'm exactly where I am. That's <laughs> the way I look at it. And I, I, I think that's kind of a mistake that people make is necessarily trying to quantify that the journey's ever finished. It's the same concept as i don't really in some ways understand retirement because you know you might say i want to do this i want to work my ass off my whole life make some money be comfortable and then you know yeah you lose certain things you might lose physical mobility you 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 lose time certainly um i'm not sure i'll ever retire i want to keep doing stuff when you look at you know look at someone like david attenborough he's a legend to all ages and appeals for you know wildlife animal conservation and he's 96 i think he is now which is insane and he's still doing what he's doing and, and, and always done um that's something that he's been passionate about uh, from start to finish and i'm sure that he's never really been too concerned about his bank account um along the way so and, and he'll make an impact for for decades and decades to come so you know, again, a weird kind of concept to have when I jumped into starting Holiday Swap. Uh, and one that I guess I sometimes look back on and think about. Um, it, it's weird as time's gone on because I know I'm responsible to a, a lot more people, a lot of, you know, shareholders in our company, a lot of employees, a lot of people that use our platform. Um, but at the start, when I was concerned about certain things, I'd always just say, James, give yourself a year to live. Um and if you think, hey, I've, you know, it's a bit morbid to think about, but if someone just gave you a hand right now, we don't know what our hand's going to be. Uh, and someone says, you've got a year. A lot of those things that you think are concerns and worries, you just think, you know, effort, whatever. Uh, you know, things you wake up on and you're thinking, oh, but like, what about my pension pot in 50 years time or 40, 30 years time, whatever it might be. Uh, and obviously, yeah, you need to think about it. But different things that are concerns and priorities are kind of alleviated in certain senses. So, you know, when it was a case of, as long as I think your moral compass is in a decent place, uh, I think a lot of the time it should just be, hey, you know what, like I'm going to do it. And if I fail, hopefully I learn something uh, from that. So, again, kind of like looking where I'm in the journey, you know, I'm, I'm flying a plane a lot at the moment each day. You know, the journey could end tomorrow. So 
Um, hopefully this this podcast will go viral if it does. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it, it, it's, it's a case of you never know what the hand's going to be. And, and I think that if you play it out thinking, hey, I've got 75 years on this planet or I've got X amount of time to do this, uh, then you're going to put stuff off and never get around to doing the things you want to necessarily do. That's a very, very valid point on on time. I feel like this year's also brought to attention that you know things can change rapidly, and we don't have the time that we have. And it's you know to be bold and and go out and and do what you want to do in life. And you're now you're you're flying planes now. So so are you is becoming a a pilot and maybe starting an airline? Is that something that might be on the horizon in the future? Oof, I'm not sure about the starting the airline bit. Uh, the pilot's more just for fun. Um, I mean, never say never. My dad was a was a commercial pilot. So, uh, you know, never say never. But it's just something I wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm obviously quite, uh, quite, I guess, complimentary, but mostly critical when airlines get it wrong. So uh, <laughs> that'd be fun. But if I ever started an airline, it would uh, it would be with the intention of it not being a hobby that's the wrong word to use um but uh, it, it's a surefire way to potentially lose a lot of money <laughs> if there's an industry <laughs> that anything could go wrong for you it's uh, it's aviation interesting and speaking about traveling and flying around as someone who, who must meet hundreds of new faces a year while traveling how do you think about relationships and, and by that i mean how do you nurture re- the relationships you have and what do you look for when building new ones I think it's become kind of as I got older, easier to see what what I'm looking for. And I, I think anyone would agree that gets older, you know, the things you care about when you're younger, you care a lot less about, you know, the whole impressing people or whatever that might be, or feeling like you need to be included when you're not included, for example. So I think you just start carving out your own path. But again, as you get older, I think you just know when you meet people. You know, I meet people for meetings. And within a couple of minutes, I'm, I'm like, you know, I wish the ground would swallow me. I don't want to be here. And I've got to the point now where I can just get up and say, I'm done. I'll, I'll, I'll leave. I don't need to sit there and kiss anyone's ass for it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if I don't think someone's got good intentions or does things in the right way, um, I, I don't want to. Uh, and, and I don't need to feel like I have to sit there and do that. So um, I, and, and then there's other times where, you know, I can meet certain people and I have people that I know in my life that I've known for a, a couple of months. Um, who you just you just get it and you just click now. Whereas you know previously you might have thought, oh, you know, you need to have known this person for years and years to, to you know have a really strong friendship. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, my my best and closest group of friends, I've known them for over twenty years. But uh, but you know, there's there's certain people now where you just click. And sometimes you like the the, the quality I guess I'm looking for is the unexplained quality. It's just that you know knowing that someone's got your back or knowing someone's going to do the do the right thing or act in in the right way acting the right way and it's got your back those are two two key qualities in in someone that you have around you for a long time someone that respects you and and gets to know you and it's so true being 30 31 years young you you do realize you know material things mean almost nothing to me before when i used to buy you know all designer gear and now i'd just doesn't mean anything if it if it looks good and and yeah the qualities you start to know yourself a bit better don't you it starts to sit well and then you start to realize when you speak to people who are in their 80s and you're like wow you must really know yourself and 
that I understand why you spend a lot of time on your own because you're probably fed up with with, with people by now. Um, <laughs> and you just know yourself and you know what you want. But that that's awesome. You know, it's refreshing to hear, I think, for our listeners as well, where there's a lot of people pleasing that goes on in certain societies and cultures. Yeah. And just to know yourself, because it does just come naturally with age as you experience life. But if you were to take that as a younger person could be really valuable for you and, and save a lot of encounters that you might, you know, you might not want to have. With the help of these, or, or sorry, this person or these people, you would not be where you are today. Who are they and why? Mum, dad, grandma, granddad and sister. Those guys for sure. Um, uh, look, you know, kind of were there, are still there in, in everything. If I needed anything at any time you know they would they would be there for me as much as they could in whatever capacity they could you know provide if if I was in trouble with something or you know whatever I know that uh, implicitly they've they've got my back so uh you know that for sure um always have my back you know brought me up I think in the right ways with with the right morals so uh yeah there's uh there's nothing to replace them Totally agree. And did you say? Did you say you got you've got your granddad? Did you have your nan? Yeah. Well, my my, my nan passed away. So, uh, but she was very, you know, the, the the big figure in kind of bringing me up because my parents were working full time. So, uh, all the kind of school holidays and stuff, uh, she'd bring me up. Certainly, show me some discipline. She's she's Greek Cypriot. So, uh, you know, I remember learning certain things like when I'd get more food and she'd just make me sit in the garden until I ate it. So, you know, I'd just sit out there for hours and hours because she wouldn't let me come back in. So, uh, you know, just, just, just the little things of discipline and, uh, you know, uh, realizing that I was still a bit of cheeky, cheeky sod or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, then uh, just, just a family in, in general and no, no, no comparison. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm finding I'm spending way more time with my family now than ever. Um, and friends, the circle. I saw I saw this graph the other day where it's like the older you, or as we age, you just spend way less time with people to the point where you spend most of your time on your own. And, uh, and it couldn't be more true. You know, I would have looked at that a while ago and been, nah, it doesn't work like that. I've got lots of friends. And then as you start to move forward in life, you know who you want to be around. You respect your family more. You really appreciate what they've given you and, you know, what you can provide them. Speaking of which, you're a man of the world and constantly traveling. So it must be hard to sort of think about settling down. But do you have, do you have ambitions to start a family and, or, or do you yeah, see yourself sure. the perennial yeah, traveler? Sure. It's, uh, it's, it's, at some point, I thought that a year ago, I might think that for next year. We'll, we'll see. It's, uh, I'm sure it will click into place at, at some point when it feels right. But, you know, look, I've, I've done that a lot as well. I've done the settling down thing when I worked in, in London and, and you know, there were parts of it that were great. And, and even now versus, I guess, how I used to move around, should we say, a year and a half ago, even though I'm, I'm moving around a lot, a lot of the time now it's to the same kind of places. Right. So places where I go back to and it feels like home. So, you know, yeah. yes, I'm on, on planes a lot, but I, I'm trying to, I guess spend a week, two weeks per place. Whereas look, you know, if, if you'd have seen me a year and a half, two years ago, it was a day, two days a place. I was on 200 plus flights a year and literally never unpacking a suitcase. Um, whereas now I'm kind of uh, like, oh, maybe I can actually take a couple of clothes out. 
<laughs> amazing. 200 places a year. That's amazing. And if you were to share with you, I, I, my, my, my vision is to bring up my family. I believe I, I just really enjoyed the, the north coast of Brisbane. I thought it was a great place to bring up a family at the weather. It was safe nice. and they, they seem to be doing the right things around the city and the suburbs up there. So where would you, um, out of the places you visited, where, do you, where would you most like to bring up a family? Ooh, that's tough. Um, San Diego, Southern California has been on the list. You know, who knows? Things things change quickly in the US. So <laughs> it's something that I gave thought to about a year ago, but haven't given much thought to recently. The only real kind of, I guess, requirement is is for me to be proficient in whatever language it is there. You know, I, I don't want to go and kind of live in Japan and uh, not be able to speak <laughs> Japanese. And uh, And I feel like that would impact kind of your experience to to a certain extent so yeah. yeah it's something that again with everything all over the place over the last year for everyone uh it's something that kind of took a bit of a back burner in, in what i was thinking cool spent a lot of time on family but i think it's important um and for our for our young listeners i, I mean the listeners sort of skew between the to a sort of 18 to 35 so you know it's those sorts of questions that, uh, that really help i think it's the similar it's the same things that pop up now and again you know it's who you spend your time with it's what you spend your time doing what's driving you forward um if you were i appreciate your time so i understand you've got a call afterwards so to close out if you if you were speaking to someone who's searching for their path in life and you all you had to do was start the sentence with remember what would remember, you say remember comma fuck it brilliant That's love it. that love that and there's a lot there's a lot to be said in that we'll, we'll let the listeners uh unpack that one. <laughs> simple. yeah there is you can take a few different angles on that <laughs> No, that's awesome. Uh, thanks very much, James. Really, really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you hold oh, a busy schedule um, and it's just been great. And I, I'm sure the listeners will get a lot of value. Uh, and I really hope you, this doesn't go viral and we get to hear from you again on the, many other podcasts and, and see your success. Oh, look, I'll, I'll be back uh, either way. So thanks very much for, uh, for a chat. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Thanks, James.